You ought to play the whole opening song. I will. chair, no waiting. See Santa of the Arctic, the miraculous gift-giving saint. Tell him your wildest desires and he'll make them come true. Low, low price of $8 includes selfie. Impress your friends on social media with pics of you and a real live magical saint. When he poses with the Pope, people say, who's that next to Santa? I'd like an audience with His Holiness St. Nicholas, please. Oh, geez, okay. Uh, don't sit on his lap, though, please. We don't got insurance. I hear you. I will kneel before him and kiss the hem of his garment. Uh, don't do that. That Santa suit hasn't been cleaned since the 80s, and the previous Santa used to stand by the dumpster to smoke. Just sort of squat next to Santa, please. Will do. Ho, ho, ho. Who's next? It's me, Santa. Oh, hello. It's me. Right. You forgot my name. Oh, of course I didn't. It's uh, Lou. Wow, you remembered. Your name is on your work shirt over your pocket. Yeah, but this isn't my shirt. I had to borrow this one from Lou W. when I got liquid drain cleaner on mine at work Friendsgiving. You truly are magical, your holiness. Uh, just call me Santa. Of course, just call me Lou. Or my child. Or whatever you like, really. Uh, please tell me what you want for Christmas. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I don't want anything. I have so much already. I haven't even figured out how to play some of the games you got me as a kid. Like, Mystery Date. I don't get it. An operation. It's so macabre, I buried it. Oh. Yeah, he was wide awake. Who? The guy in operation. He's cut open, and all his bones are exposed, and he's wide awake screaming. Uh, okay, I, I won't bring that one again. I mainly need things. Oh, okay, what do you need? Well, work, sort of. I have a job, but they cut back my hours, so I have to find something else or at least a part-time thing. 
My friend Butchie sort of helped me out. He sold me 500 balsa wood gliders for $500 that I just have to turn around and sell for $2 each, and then I'll make $500 profit. I've been out there every day at the fair for eight weeks, and I've sold three, so I'm well on my way. Eh, I'm not sure I can get you a job. Well, the job is really only a means to the end, and the end would be food and shelter. So if there's a way to swing that, I'm more in the business of bringing gifts that are like under three feet square. Right, because of the chimney. Still seems kind of large. Is there some toy you might like? Well, I like those triangle golf tee games that you play when you're waiting for your pancakes, but they sort of make me feel bad about myself. It says on them, if you leave more than four, then you're an idiot and a burden to others. Well, I won't bring one of those. Oh man, I know what I want. What? A pocket mirror. Okay. I'm not sure it exists. I got the idea from the Pocket Fisherman, which was a compact fishing device from the 70s made by the People's Edison, Ronald Popeil. I think there are pocket mirrors. Good. See, I like the idea of selfies, but I really don't want anyone to see me. So if I'm at a place I like, I can stand in front of, say, a John Singer Sargent painting, facing away from it, and I hold up my pocket mirror, and I see my face right next to the thing I love, creating a thought-provoking juxtaposition. There I am with the thing I like. What's up with that? Yeah, that's very sore. I've never heard anything like that. Look, I'm not being entitled or anything, but if you do end up getting me the mirror, is there any way it could come with a protective case? I'm worried about cutting myself on the edges of it or breaking it in my pocket or something. Oh, yeah. Would you mind if there were compacted powder in it? Oh, like for protein shakes? No, no, face powder. Sure, I do some face painting when I go to certain events and the powder sets the makeup. Well, I feel like I'm taking up a lot of your time and that kid over there seems like he's thinking about coming over here. So I'll just take my leave. Also, I am no longer at 613 Mitzvot Circle, Jacksonville, Florida, but I have moved. Currently, I am at, well, we have a change of address form on the table with your photo. Did you want a photo? Oh, not of me, really, but I wouldn't mind an autograph headshot of your grace. Just Santa. Okay, Santa, just bring it with you when you see me next. All right. Exit to your left, please. Oh, my left or your left? all the sea, bosun. Whole lot of sea, Captain. Indeed. Not but. Beg pardon, Captain? Not but sea. There is not but sea. Not but. I don't know that one. Anyway, lots of sea. And for a long time. One wonders how it is we even know where we are. One wonders. Well, you don't, do you, Bosun? You know where we are. No, sir. But you're Bosun. That's not what I do, Captain. I'm more like the guy in charge of ropes and mops. Who is next in command after me? Oh, that's the chief mate. But it's the second mate who navigates. Well, then why am I always talking to you, then? No idea, sir. Suppose I'm just lucky. Where are the rest of the crew? 
Below deck, sir. We'll get the second mate so I can ask where we are. He won't know, sir. I thought you said the second mate navigated. Yes, sir. That's the rank description. And yet? So, the fact is, the whole crew were kidnapped, shanghai Yeah, send your point. Well, we aren't none of us sailors. <laughs> then why were you in a sailor's saloon? Not that I had anything to do with it. Well, we weren't. We were in a room at an inn where we were meeting up for our hat makers convention. Hat makers? Darn fine ones. Haberdasher. No, it's true. We're all milliners. Milliners. Hatters. Hatters. As in mad as a... Milliner. Mad as a milliner. Who was sailing the ship then? We assumed it was you, Captain. Seeing as you're the captain. I haven't a clue how to drive a boat, much less one with wind sheets. All of you are hatters. You're not a bosun. No, I'm not. But I looked up how to make a bosun's hat, and I think I did it even nicer and more practical design. Oh, it is handsome. Lends itself to a bit of authority, which is what I was probably picking up on when I assumed you had some sort of skill. I do have skill, sir. Right. Just not the kind we desperately need. And also because everyone else on the ship has the same useless skill as you do. Perhaps if I made you a realistic enough captain's hat, you could sort of trick yourself into knowing how to sail. Hmm. You know I've never met the crew. They are on the inside part of the ship, the foyer, the lounge. I would like to meet them, since we're in the same boat. I think that's a good decision, Captain. I have a question, though. Will they kill me? Unlikely. They make hats, Captain. They make hats. All right. And I make their acquaintance. Hey, don't look. But that guy over there has the craziest boots on. Which guy? That one? Don't look. This guy? Don't point, Butchie. Those are some crazy boots, all right. Oh my gosh, Butchie, he'll hear you. You shouldn't have pointed them out if you didn't want the attention. I wish I hadn't. Hey, hey man, those are crazy boots you're wearing. Okay. Butchie, you're killing me. You're killing yourself. What are you guys being so loud for? We're judging this guy's attire. Who's to judge someone's attire? I've always thought it's me, but now Lou thinks he can too, and I'm teaching them that judging isn't as easy as it looks. Well, this is our stop, come on. Being an observer has consequences. You think by noticing things and not commenting that you aren't influencing the thing observed. Au contraire. You made it part of your world. You noticed. And the Bible says, when you notice something, you can't unnotice it, morally speaking. I don't want to hurt anyone, but at the same time, I'm compelled to watch and have opinions whether I want to or not. Like about strange and unusual footwear. Well, try to work through them until you're like me and have no opinions or beliefs or anything. You believe things. I do, right? Maybe not. I don't know. I believe we're headed in the wrong direction. Nope. New plans. We are now going to a performance. But what about getting my teeth drilled? That can wait. Where are we headed, Butch? To the Hilbert Hotel for a performance of No Room Forever. Is that a theater? Sort of. 
It's immersive. The performance goes on around you. You wander from room to room, set to set, and the actors and dancers do their thing and move on. Okay. Weird. It's not, though. It's not weird. You're just a person of limited experience. That's true. Well, we'll all benefit from the great performance experience. And it's super dark in there. Now hold on, I'm not big on dark places because I'm clumsy. Your eyes will adjust. Maybe I should close them now to get a head start. I'd keep your eyes open until we get there. Good idea. I know these streets like I know myself, which is to say, not at all. What's the performance about? About? Did you just ask me what a work of art is about? Sorry. It's about your mom. Jeez, Butch, I said I sorry. No, I mean it's about how what we think we know about those who came before us is sometimes an illusion, and that searching for the real answer can be a deep mystery. I like mystery, like when all the flowers got torn up in the garden, but it wasn't your dog Spiny, because you said it wasn't. Exactly. This looks like the entrance to the Hilbert Hotel. Let's go in. Ooh, it's dark. Walk this way, please. If I walk that way, Butchie would say I was trying to be like you because I'm a people pleaser. Shh, you're already ruining the theater experience. Man, it's dark in here. We haven't even started. This is just the holding area. It's like an old-timey hotel bar. It is an old-timey hotel bar. The whole hotel is old-timey. Ooh, cool. Has it started? No. How do you know? We haven't gone in yet but I think the people working here are pretending already. I mean, it started, but this isn't the actual part where you just shut up and follow instructions. Ugh, worst nightmare. Well, this is gonna be fun. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, please follow me. Ooh, creepy. Will I be in danger? Ah, oh, that'd be great, but no. Step in here, please. Are we all in? What you are about to see will be strange to you. We ask you to keep your face covered at all times with these masks. How will you know it's me with my face covered? Dude. When the door opens and you step out, there will be no talking. Keep your masks on and observe silence. Yeah, not sure that's going to happen. Shh. Quiet, you guys. Shh. Good luck. Here we go. Shh. Shh. Hey, everyone. I am over the moon today to welcome my guest on Storytime Machine, Dale Bookhouse. Someone we have longed to have on telling their story. Thanks for being here, Dale. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Your story is interesting because uh, we had heard about it and contacted you. Is that right? That's correct. I got a call from your producer, Belinda, and she asked me if my story was true, and I said, not yet. That's because your story is about being on this show. That's right. I'll let you tell it. In, I'd say, early March last year, I called your show and left a message on the story hotline. Right, we have a 24-hour voicemail where you can pitch your story. So I called, and I left my story on the voicemail, and then Belinda called me and asked if it was true. And I said, not yet. And she said, well, it is now. So in June, I got scheduled to come on and tell my story. I met you literally minutes ago in the other room. And we sat down and you gave a count in. 
And here we are. Is that the end? Probably not. But we'll have to wait a bit to find that out. Let me ask you a few details. Um, I want you to fill in some things. How did you get to the studios? I took, I started out walking, but I took the train most of the way. But I got out a few blocks uh, early so I could walk and collect my thoughts. I was a little nervous. Why? Well, whenever you tell your story, I feel like you're revealing something that's pretty personal. So a story that started out not true is now true. How does that feel? I'm not sure if, if there is any difference. I always felt the essential truth of it before it was realized. And now that I'm recounting it, it's taken on the same characteristics as it had when it was unrealized. Our lives really are stories, aren't they, Dale? The end.
Partly cloudy, high in the low 70s, low overnight, 50 degrees. About a 20% chance of rain overnight and then clearing mid-morning. Should be a lovely mild day after that. Wind speed, 5 miles an hour, hardly any wind. This is WBABABIAMALOMO. Friends, is it hard to get a good night's sleep on that lumpy old mattress? Hard to stay asleep if you can't fall asleep in the first place. Welcome to a revolutionary new way of sleeping, Music Bed. Music Bed lulls you to sleep with the same technology we've used on children for years. Calming, soothing sounds provide full body comfort and custom sleep adjustment for the best night's sleep you've ever had. Doctors agree if you don't rest, you're not your best. Sleep through the night and beyond with Music Bed. Music Bed is available at Don Blemmer's, Don Martin, Don Freeman. Worldwide last year, over 800,000 people experienced involuntary radio immersion, becoming trapped in radio receivers and antennae, absorbed into radio waves through listening and moderate exposure to broadcast frequencies. For some, there is no way out. Others have managed to return to non-radio life and live healthy, normal lives, but not without help. Radio Rescue is in over 20 countries, retrieving souls lost in strange, staticky worlds, but we can't do it alone. We need your help. Donate or volunteer today. Call 1-800-JBOO-FLY-ABOUT-68 for more information and pull the plug on radio immersion. Hardy White, modal realist private detective. What if all possible worlds were literally real? Don't do it, Hardy. I have to try. I will destroy you. You got him. I guess this makes you the world's first time-traveling detective. It's not literally time travel. It's possible world shifting. Let's start an agency. Man, what a small possible world. (laughs) (laughs) I built this from the ground up. From the ground up what? Corn cobs, I bet. I thought maybe ground up plastic like East German cars. Oh, a Trabant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trabant. Yeah, sorry, Hardy. Go on with your story about your ground up car. No, no, I mean I built this from the bottom up. Isn't that how most things are built? Nope. My granddad always said, build the roof first, then you'll have something to stand under when you're building the house. I mean our time travel detective firm. And now it's all over since the time machine is broken. Ah, heck man, I know that sucks. Yeah, well, if it's any consolation, I have no sympathy because I have worse problems. That's not really any consolation. But I mean, I started with no time machine, or office, or file cabinet, or anything. And then, slowly over time, I got a time machine, and then an office, and then a filing cabinet. Filing cabinet or file cabinet? What? You said both. First you said file cabinet, and then filing cabinet. So? People usually say one or the other. But you said both in the same sentence. Okay, so what? You don't find that strange? Is one wrong? Not really. People say both. Then what's the big deal? I've only seen that happen when we're in the time machine. When you jump universes, you switch between selves or versions of yourself, and there are often subtle differences. 
Very subtle. Bam, it happened again. We're in a time machine. No, we're not. We're in your kitchen. No, we aren't. I'm with Lou. We're time traveling. I feel it in my gut. What? That proves it. He doesn't speak Chinese yet. I know. I, I don't. What? He doesn't speak German either. You asked him in Chinese, though. Oh. And you don't speak Chinese. See, something's up. But clearly, we're sitting in your kitchen, and the time machine is in the basement, and it's dead. Well, we can fix it again when my mac and cheese is done. What, Butchie? Oh, I just borrowed a part off of it because the microwave one broke. You borrowed a part? What, what part? The timer. The timer. You put the so-called timer from the time machine on the microwave. Yeah. Butchie, that's not a literal timer. We call it that because that's the thing that allows us to time travel. Oh, what's that called when that happens? A homophone? Or is it a cognate? You, you turned the microwave into a time machine, basically. Oh, God knows where my mac and cheese is then. The year four? Because I set it for four minutes. Four minutes. Yeah, four, four and a half minutes. In four and a half minutes, you can literally travel millions of years. Wow, that mac and cheese is in for a trip. So, Butchie, uh, here's an interesting thing about that timer unit. The radius is 10 feet. Mm-hmm. So when you turn that on and you're within 10 feet of it, you are time traveling. Fun. Are you even listening? Butchie? I don't think he can hear you. Butchie. Butchie! He's out of phase. Oh, this is bad. He doesn't see us anymore, does he? No, no, he's just sitting there like he's alone. We may have never even existed to him. We gotta turn this thing off. But where are we? It's not hooked up to any controls. We're just spinning through thousands of possible worlds. Oh, this is ridiculous. We could end up in a two-dimensional world or some freaky, liquidy place I can't even imagine. Uh, in those scenarios, we're dead, though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, by all means, that's it. But what happens if we keep careening like this? Oh, man, where am I? Where is this place? Hey, you know, it's actually... It's actually quite beautiful and lush. Maybe this isn't too bad. All right. All right, that's... That's heavy. Be sure to catch the next episode of Hardy White, Modal Realist Private Investigator, Monster Island. So I, I get this call from Santa Claus, and he says, hey, Hardy. Hey, Santa. He says, we're starting this new program. We're going to start doing Hanukkah delivery. And uh, I said, well, that's a good idea. And he said, we'd like you to be part of that. And I said, oh, Fantastic. What does that involve? Now, will I be delivering the gifts? He said, yes. Uh, I said, will I get the uh, reindeer sled? He said, no, unfortunately. But we do have a, a draft horse and this old cart. And I said, well, you know, I, that's pretty kind of cool. And I don't know how I'm going to reach uh, the worldwide uh, Jewry uh, with this. Uh, but uh, here I am. So it's very exciting for me, but it's, it's absolutely grueling. One, one minute I'm in uh, Hong Kong. I don't know how the Goldsteins got to Hong Kong. Next minute I'm in Boca and then uh, Jacksonville and all over the place. But uh, I love it. I'm bringing joy and uh, see those lights. It's so beautiful to me. See hope. Hope represented 
with fire. So I like that. That's very poetic to me. And uh, this year, uh, I don't have to give out any of the chocolate-covered uh, chocolate coins. The gelt, uh, Santa says we're going crypto gelt, a bit gelt or something, and, so, and just hand them a slip of paper with a number on it. I said, all right, I don't know that the children are going to like that. And uh, he said, yeah, it will get them used to investing, which is very much like spinning a top that says put one, take one. So what's gimmel? Gimmel means yeah, cash in, uh, liquidate all of your crypto assets. And so uh, the kids love that game. Uh, and uh, I love horses. I like the smell of manure. I know that's odd, but it's a sort of earthy, uh, wonderful thing. And hey, I don't got to wear deodorant when I'm around that smell. So, uh, oh, I'm not on a cart. I'm not going to lie to you. That's just a fantasy. I wish I were. And oh, it's so great to be with you uh, during these holidays. And it's wonderful. I hope that all of you are taking the chance to drink something that you don't normally drink because it might give you some kind of intestinal problems. And this is the time of year to do that. Can we all be with people we love or family? No. Sometimes it's a very painful time of the year. And I understand that because there's a lot of pressure to have joy. And we don't always feel joyous. Sometimes terrible things have happened. We have grief or we have struggle. And so, really, uh, you can't expect the joy there. I think I use it as a time to open my eyes even wider and try to see the human experience and understand what people need, not necessarily what they want during this season. What do they need? Maybe they need their hearts healed with something. All I have are simple gifts. And I understand that, so I bring my little drum. No, I don't do that because I acknowledge that that could annoy people. So I'm sort of the, the opposite of the little drummer boy. I'm the big non-drumming man. And I understand that you want some, a little peace and quiet. So I'm not going to bang on any drum about this is the time of year to do this and, uh, and to change and no. A lot of times this is the time of year that really drives home the idea of survival. How do I make it through the winter? can be cold. Not everybody has access to heat. You know, we don't even allow people to. Oh my goodness, not only are, are, do we not uh, guarantee them to have food or shelter or even water. So maybe just change that, you know, the, this time of year. So, gosh, I'm going to do something, uh, meet someone's needs. Well, I try to do that, but emotional needs too. Now, how can I meet those. Oh, you can't. Can I? Not really. I don't know. I'm just going to be available. That's the thing I will do. I will just put my heart out there if you want to use it. Say, Hardy, you're keeping me company during these dark and cold days of winter. And maybe if you are having a joyous time, I'd fit in there too. Look at old Hardy bringing jokes and joy to me. He's going to tell funny stories about things that happened at the holidays, you know, about people uh, being inadvertently hurt by decorations or something. No, that's not particularly funny. I'll think of something. My goodness. I know I've got memories. I remember one time I was getting a gift as a child, and I shook the gift, and I said, 
uh, I don't, oh, my grandfather, I shook the gift and it made kind of a clanky sound. And my grandfather said, what is it, an alarm clock? And, and my mother said, why did you tell him? And my grandfather didn't know it was an alarm clock. And so my, my mother inadvertently told me what I was getting. And I don't know, I've been fascinated by that story. It's just the tricking, it, you know, it feels like a, a trick or something from Mission Impossible or something, you know. Uh, I never said it was an alarm clock, but that is a memory that has, uh, that has really stayed with me, um, things like that. But, oh, this is a time of year where maybe we make special foods. Are you making latkes? Oh, that's a lot of fun. It's so much fun to fry in your house, especially if you have inadequate ventilation. I was staying in an apartment in Jersey City one time. You know, you re I was up there for the marathon, and I like to cook. But I was in one of those apartments where it's just, it's implied that you don't. It's just they have a little decorative kitchen. I said, please don't. Please get takeout. Because I found out when you proper cook in there, everybody comes to your smell feast. And it wafted all over the place. So I'm thinking maybe that was not Minhag in, in uh, where, I, where I was. So I was like, well, I want to do it when in Rome. So uh, I didn't. But even in your home, if you cook something with, with oil, sometimes the smell permeates everything. And just, and they say, wow, does it smell like a bowling alley in here? Because uh, I say that because bowling alleys of my youth, I remember having French fries all the time. You smell those French fries and maybe lane wax. Well, they don't know how that, how that smells. Boy, did I just get an idea for a character name. So Lane Wax is going to be on the, the professional bowler is going to be on here, our guest at some point. And he uh, specializes in, in gutter humor. Shush, that's not, we don't do that kind of uh, jokes on here. Some people don't have a father. So, so you don't want to hear dad humor necessarily. Uh, want to hear, what do you want to hear? Just companion humor. Oh my goodness. I know that we're not family, but one of the family that you choose is even better. And they do let you do that in certain circumstances. You can choose family, you can adopt children, or you can marry somebody if the government lets you, or adopt if they let you, or whatever. It's all at the pleasure of those who keep us something. But you can, you can, and then you don't, there's some things you don't need to make, uh, have permission to be family. Say, we're going to be family, and you and I are siblings now. And really, you might be, if you go back far enough, we are all related. And I'm talking to you, uh, domestic animals, too. We're all connected, aren't we? There's also, I have my, I have my family, and then I can expand that out. To vertebrates, who I sort of relate to, in a lot in a lot of ways, and then you know you can go can go beyond that. I don't know how I feel about cuttlefish. I think I like them. It depends. If I were another cuttlefish, and it, and it's cuttle, not cuddle. Oh, I wish I had a cuttlefish, a big stuffed fish like uh, not Nemo or one of them, not a commercial one, one of my own design. I would make a just a big stuffed zebrafish or something like that. And I would, I would, uh, I would use it like a, one of those long pillows. 
which I have a few of those. I have all sorts of style. I don't sleep very well, so I've, I, I keep asking for pillows. You know, what I really like is a pillow to help me sleep. And I got them all shapes and sizes and everything like that. And, uh, you know, it doesn't quite do it. I don't know. I end up just sleeping on the couch on a throw pillow sometimes. And, boy, I can do it. There's one. I have a really nice one. And it's, it's red unless you sweep your hand the other way. And then it's Kyle McLaughlin. And I love that. Someone got me that because I'm a Twin Peaks fan. So sometimes I sleep on just the red. Sometimes I sleep on, on just Kyle's face. It's kind of, uh, it's not super comfortable. I, I think it's decorative. A lot of things that are, uh, are decorative I've used for non-decorative purposes, like food and everything. Japan was a shock to me. I didn't know a lot of those things were plastic. The fake food is wonderful. Some people collect it. It's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. And I remember there was a dear, the cartoon Arthur. And it was a, there was a cartoon called Arthur. And, and Arthur was this alcoholic aardvark. And he had this servant. Uh, he had a, he had a, a valet or something named Buster. And uh, Buster collected food he put food in his room and everything just let it mold over and rot and everything and I, I thought about that for a long time when I saw that and you know I don't know how I feel about that I think food should be eaten when it's fresh and there's some things that can't be preserved like these encounters we have right now now I record a lot of things and we take lots of pictures don't we always take selfies I'm going so-and-so here I gotta hold up my selfie and you take a picture of it and you preserve it but in a way it's the same as Buster the butler keeping an old hamburger in his dresser drawer because you really aren't really preserving the essence of the thing it doesn't have its nutrition anymore it isn't the miracle it was. It's just a remnant of that. It's its, it's corporeal uh, remains when it was really the wonderful, vibrant sandwich, energy-producing sandwich in, when it was created, and that's when you want to seize it. Just eat that, eat that sandwich when you get it, that... Uh, I love a vegetarian bon me or whatever, something. I don't know what kind of sandwich you like. Just cheese. Who orders just cheese? But that's okay, too. Oh, I, I like a good... You can order sandwiches now without the bread. And I'm wondering what that is. I'm not sure that's still, still a sandwich. So the, uh, it's named after the Earl of Sandwich. A lot of things are like that, like roast beef or anything, named after people. Dishes, uh, beef, I'm thinking maybe beef wellington. But they're all, and they all named after British nobles, like to name food after themselves for some reason. Uh, I don't know if anybody else in the world does that. But, you know, I don't need my name on anything. You know, Mr. Wooster and your sauce. 
But that's not true, because I was just at a beautiful market the other day. We got this market in uh, Lexington, the uh, Julieta Market, and it's beautiful. It used to be a bus station, and now they have people in there can have stands and everything, and there's lots of entrepreneurs, right? A lot of people say, I'm going to start a business, picking themselves up, and it's beautiful. A lot of people come together in the community from all over the places, good, good food and hair products, and it's wonderful. I'm in there the other day, and I bought some uh, barbecue sauce from a man. He had it on his label. You know, I said, well, this is good barbecue sauce. And he said, well, I'm, I forget his name, but I'm so-and-so. It's right on the label. Oh, you know, that, I said, uh, congratulations and thank you. I always thank people like that. I always thank people like that, whether I'm a ridiculous person. But I, I, I've thanked them for the things they've made. It enhances my life. I appreciate it. I never, and I never think they're doing it for just mercenary purposes. You know, I know that they love that thing. Uh, they enjoy it themselves. And, and that's what makes it good. You, could, you can taste that. So I, I, I love it. So I was also there getting a, uh, getting a sandwich. And I was, I was sitting there and I was done with my sandwich. And I uh, stood up and uh, this young woman with a baby came up to me. And she said, I know this is strange, but I must say something to you. And I said, all right, nothing's strange to me. I don't know that you know who you've approached, but I, nothing is strange to me, beautiful soul. Go ahead. And she said, well, I, I, I have this uh, idea that you are, uh, you have experienced extreme uh, grief. I feel like God's told me that you've had a lot of grief in your life, Un unspeakable. I was like, well, I don't know. Now you're going a little, I, you know, maybe. Uh, I don't know any more so than others. I know other people have had more. So, but go on. And she said, but I believe that you were meant to bring joy to others, that you were essentially a joyful person. And I think, well, I'm not you know, I'm not doubting that your word of knowledge, but I am, I'm grinning ear to ear just talking to you like this. So I'd say it's, that's pretty evident, but, but also go on. Cause I love, I love, I don't know why God didn't tell me firsthand because I totally would have been, yes, go ahead. Um, but that's all right. Because maybe I was meant to meet this person. So she said, you know, I, I you meant to bring joy to be, especially as they age. And because I'm old, I think that was because I'm, I look old and I look older than I am. I was at a wedding and uh, someone thought my mother was my, was my wife, which I mean, she could be, but we just, we do have a almost 30 year age difference. So I said, all right, bless you. But um, who, does she look that young? I always say that. I look at my mom and go, well, she's incredibly youthful looking, I think is what's going on. But I got old head, you know, I just look at you. I, it's neck down, I'm all right, I think. You couldn't tell yet, that kind of thing. But uh, gosh, yeah, and photos and everything. So uh, she said this to me, and I said, well, thank you. I thank you for blessing me like that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to think about that. Maybe I've been sadder than I thought I was. I didn't think I thought I was recovering pretty well. Um, from sadness and loss, and um, but maybe you're picking up on on me helping others because I I surround myself uh, with it because I really took uh, one time I opened the Bible to a random spot 
and it said notes. I said, that's fascinating. And it was blank. I did it again, though, because I was really looking for a, a verse. And it said, uh, a wise man is drawn to a house of mourning and a frivolous one to a house of frivolosity and stuff. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a party. Uh, and obviously, I also go to parties. But I think what it was saying is, is that there is more, uh, it's a deeper experience of life. It is more transformative to be in the presence of the emotional challenges we have with one another. There's more needs at a house of grieving. There's more you can do. You are more important there. You are more valuable there. You are going to grow and change there more than you would in a mere celebration. So this pressure to have joy at the holidays, oh my goodness, I know it's this. So I step in to whatever your situation is. You welcome me into your house. I'd love to come in. I don't mind if there's sadness here. I'm not going to drag in a Christmas tree or a Hanukkah or something, try to change it all by saying, all we have to do is cheer up. No, you drive this emotional truck, this uh, emotional draft horse drawn cart that is hauling the obligations that you think you have but I'm saying if you're lonely that's all right I'm here with you the loneliness you share also oh I know that seems well it doesn't help it doesn't help me to know other people are suffering well no I don't expect it does but I do want you to know that what does help us understand that we are uh, not alone and that maybe we could turn to others who feel this and become more complete. I don't want you to, don't shut me out of your holiday. Let me in. I promise not to be intrusive. I won't go around doing it. I'll just nod a lot and say, how do you feel? <laughs> I won't do that either. I just want to sit with you. I want to sit with you like you would in front of a crackling fire. Imagine I'm a crackling fire. My words are like that sometimes. Sometimes they just sound like sound effects. Sometimes you don't have to pay attention to what's going on. Sometimes it's nice to have some chattering in the background. When I was a child, I loved to fall asleep when the adults were talking in the other room. And just that, so I didn't hear what they were saying specifically. And I'd lay there and it was so comforting. I felt like somebody was watching over me. That sounds, you know. When it comes from the other room and there's no adults in the other room, that's a, a disconcerting. I was sitting in my house the other day and I heard people talking at my front door. And I was like, what? Why is there someone's having a conversation at my front door? And what had happened is, is this time of the year, two delivery people had gotten there at the same time. So that's what I heard. I heard first I heard, hey, hey, hi, dude. I heard, hi, dude, or something. I was like, who's here? But that's what it was. It was two people coming together that had 
burdens. They both had things to bring. They were both working, but they came together and they greeted one another. They acknowledged one another. Then they had a few words. They took a few seconds to say, hello, how you doing? I love that. And I hope that I have some few seconds for you to be with you, give you the gift of companionship and the gift of consistency and the gift of being there all the time. That's consistency. I know, but I wanted to be specific about consistent about what? About showing up? I love it. There's all sorts of things like that. Have you ever started something and you say, I want to have a, a place for people to go on Thursdays and uh, who are lonely? So I've got this space, and it's on the first week, there's five people. So I oh, know I'm doing something right. Second week, there's uh, eight people. Uh, third week, there's two. Fourth week, there's none. Fifth week, there's three. Sixth week, there's five. Uh, seventh week, there's nobody. Eighth week, there's nobody. Ninth week, there's three. See how that works. Now, those weeks that there's nobody, you want to get discouraged. But see, that's not the point. The point is this thing is there when you need it. It doesn't have to be used all the time. It just has to be sustained. That's my, that's what I think about my relationship with others too. Now I have friends that I don't see all the time. But when we run into one another again, it's amazing. We have maintained that affection. We have thought about each other in the interim. Our memories are intact and, sh and cherished. And so I believe that that's the best thing I can give to you is begin there consistently. I like the idea, eight days of gifts. Yeah, those eight days to me represent eternity. Seven days of the week plus and you see, that plus is the uh, infinity sign, forever. That's what, that's what it says to me, is that, that hope endures. Oh, you light each one of the candles, a possibility. One more day, one more day. How much am I going to get out of this? Look at this bag of something. It's almost out. How much more can I get out of it? Well, you can divide it infinitely. That's what say, I say Democritus must have showed up with Judah Maccabee or something like and say, look, at, uh, if you, you can divide something infinitely and then you can keep that darn menorah going. And, uh, and you did. Oh, I want to light your oil. I want to... Um, uh... I was just so, I, a lot of things you say, you don't want to make a joke. And those inadvertent jokes I try to um, avoid, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass myself. But uh, you know what I'm saying. I want to be there for you, give you gifts. Can I give you this gift? Can I give the child some candy? No, he's not allowed to have candy. Boy, don't I have candy. Um, no, sir, please don't. Give me, well, what can I get? I don't know. What do you have on you? I, uh, a bond, some U.S., some savings bonds. Oh, that'd be great. Really? All right. Can I give a child a savings bond? Absolutely, yes. Just no candy. Oh, I love it. Here you go, kitty. How you doing? Oh, fine, scary old man. 
Uh, thank you for the savings bond. All right, and here you go. This is also a, a Liberty dollar, and I believe it's worth, it could be worth up to $80. I don't know. You might take a look at it, solid silver. That's the kind of, oh, I love that. What, do you, what, do you, what gifts do you want or need this holiday season? I'd like food and shelter. All right. And anything else? Uh, electronics. All right. You can do that. Maybe not. I don't know. A lot of things I'd like, if I really want something, the I would love, I, sometimes I ask for the gift of not wanting it. So you go, well, I really want this thing. And they go, well, what if I were to give you the gift of not wanting it anymore? Then you would be absolutely liberated. Well, really? I really wouldn't want it? No. You don't have to get a thing to eliminate the desire for it. You don't have to fulfill a desire for it to be quenched. How does that work? I don't know. Maybe I think it's subtle. I think you work at it internally, which is the only place I have a job currently. Is, this, is the work I'm doing on myself, and I don't get paid for it. But the way I look at it is it's, I get a, uh, a bid on the other end. I get a percentage. Should I make money, I will get some of it. And then, but if it's a union job, big chunk goes to that. I love it. I don't mind. I've got, I'm one of my union, I'm not a union member, but I know the pension fund now has, uh, I think, $300 more for a job I did a few years ago. And that's nice. I like that. I like that. So somebody who is a, you, you know, that's a little gift I gave for you. That's going to come in handy maybe in the, in, the, in the future years. So I don't want to name anybody specifically. But uh, one, of those, one of those sandwiches, expensive $100 hamburgers is going to be on me, my friend. I love uh, doing for others. And then they end up uh, doing for you. Now, the more kind of relationships I have, the more I feel like I, like I want to. I can't have you said, what do you want, Hardy, for a gift? I can't think of a thing. I love your presence. I mean, your, your physical presence. I love, um, I love when you tell me you appreciate me. But I also, I know it if you don't want to tell me or you can't. I understand that. I don't want you to feel obligated so I don't, I, I appreciate you, Hardy, but I'm, I'm, I'm anxiety, social anxiety. I don't even like to write emails necessarily. Oh, I get it. I get it. But it would, it would be a gift to me if you just knew it. We know when I, I used to whine a lot uh, when I was younger about when I would give any kind of artistic gift, music or radio or anything. I had these expectations of appreciation. Oh, that's a desire I got rid of. And the reason was, is because there's all sorts of reasons you might not be getting it. And you can't, uh, you can't motivate yourself that way. You have to figure out, how do I do this without burdening somebody else with the, why do they, why do they have to keep me going? How's that their job? It's my job. And then it's my job also not to just criticize myself, but understand when I'm doing something right. 
and give myself credit for it and keep doing it if I know it's right. So I keep giving gifts even if you say, oh, you, know, you don't have to say anything. It's going to keep coming. You know, let's say you pass a soup kitchen and you don't go in because you've got a job and you don't need soup. Well, you might pass that kitchen one day and you do need soup. Then you go in and you say, oh, thank you. But you're not going to thank the soup kitchen every time you walk by just for being there. You expect it. And that's what I want you to do for me. I want to be, I want to be taken for granted in a beautiful way. Because I'm okay on my end. And I understand that I've done good things along with all my mess-ups. And I know that my uh, heart has been in the right place. And I've tried to uh, be aware of any flaws or errors and correct them. And I try to do this. And, of course, I struggle all the time with human emotions. And I get mad for no reason. And I get scared for no reason. And I, oh, I do everything that, that you do and more. <laughs> I know it's not a competition for who can be uh, less self-aware, but... But I just want to let you know that a lot of my, what I feel like some of my gift to you is taking care of me so I can be there for you. So occasionally there's little four-minute snippets from other shows of little skits I've done. I'm sorry. There is a couple repeats today, but everything else is fresh. I like to say it's like sourdough starter. Is everything in this meal, was it made today? No, not the pickles. The pickles weren't. So that's how I see it. Pickles, sourdough starters. Some things were made a little while ago. They're preserved. I got them, I got them canned. I'm going to whip them out sometimes. These taste, like, these taste like string beans from this spring. They are the string beans from this spring. I put them in a can. We're having them again. It's okay. So there's new people at the dinner table. And they haven't had them. So that's another. So don't say, oh, I think I've heard this one before. Shh. I also want to thank you so much. I, I don't, I cannot tell you how much our relationship through this show, Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU, has changed my life. How it's preserved my life. How it's given me such strength and what gifts you have given me. I can't possibly thank you enough. There is nothing I can do. That's why I think, you know, my job is to not whine and show up until they tell me to leave. And I will. I will never quit in frustration for something. If something seems impossible, I'm going to keep going until you say, that's a, that, you know, that's enough pig or whatever. You, you're good. Otherwise, I'll just keep doing it. Because I love you. And I know how it feels to need company. And, you know, I wouldn't listen to my show every week if I were me, but I'd want it there. I'd want it there. I want Hardy to be where I left him. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. And uh, I want you to have as best a holiday as you can have. No pressure. Oh, my goodness. You are listening, and I almost, I told you a little bit, to... Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County, and online at WFMU.org, uh, worldwide. How about that? 
it's called Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White because when I was on uh, the radio in uh, Tallahassee, it was called Miracle Nutrition Hour. And then uh, Ken, the station manager, Ken called me, said, what's the name of your show going to be? And he didn't tell me how long it was going to be. So I just said, Miracle Nutrition like that because I didn't know it was going to be an hour or a half hour or 15 minutes or anything like that. So that's why it's called that. Isn't that nice? That's my little trivia, little Hardy White trivia if you're getting a trivia game. Bless you so much. I'll see you again next week. Twins name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. 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 Twins name was Ebony.
Thank you.